okay. How about you? Doing all right. <laughs> are you, are you in a Chewbacca outfit? I yes, kind of. My kid brother bought my son not a brand name Snuggie, but something very similar. It is the unholy union of like a beach towel, a blanket, a hoodie, and yeah, like a Wookie, right? <laughs> and my son put it on and it was glorious. And then my wife took it from him and put it on and it has some weight to it, right? And so instantly she was a fan as well. And then my daughter took it from her and put it on. And my daughter is much shorter. And so it was hilarious. And then I did not put it on, but I did go on to the internet and buy three more of them. One for each, my wife, my daughter, myself. So Excellent. We, it's now like we're in a cult where we have – it's cold out, Steve. It's like 11 degrees and snowing in Chicago right now. So it's like we're in a cult. We're all wearing these big fluffy blanket things, um, which are not Snuggies. There is some sort of a brand name to them, but I don't know what it is. But we're going to come up with a uh, special set name for them. Nice. Uh, they're <sighs> scary, to be honest. Like yesterday I put one on. I put mine on. And fell asleep in my uncomfortable napping chair. And I think I broke my own neck. Like, it's a powerful <laughs> device. It's a very powerful piece of, of, of garmenture. It's not a word. A million years ago, at my very first job, my boss realized that I had some sort of a natural talent. And for some reason, a desire to keep working in restaurants. And he took me aside and he said, Randall, you could be really good at this. And you could go far if you could just learn to keep your mouth shut. If you're listening to this, you'll know I took part of that advice. Are they weighted or just heavy? Just heavy. Okay. Right. So I guess maybe instead of being worried about my own weight, I should just consider myself weighted as opposed to heavy, right? Like yeah. I'm weighted like a weighted blanket. Uh, yes. No, this it's just a lot. It's just a very thick, you know, it's comforting, I guess, if that sort of thing gives you comfort. There's a... Everybody has that like, oh, this is my comfort food. And other people are like, ew, that's gross. So for some people, having a weighted blanket is comforting. Not for me. I don't know why you would want to have a be pressed down like that. But my wife has taken to actually sleeping in hers. I would be afraid that I'd get smothered to death, right? <laughs> like how in um, soap operas, when I was a very young child and my parents hired a babysitter to watch my siblings and I, every old person in a soap opera gets smothered to death in their hospital bed with a pillow, which... I don't know how you do that. That feels like, uh, with everything else at your disposal in the hospital, why would you use a pillow? Yeah. Well, and also, I feel like for some of those, it's like, roll off the bed. Roll away. Yeah, instead of Instead of just the, or whatever they're doing. You have legs, kick, yeah, punch, yeah. scream, but no. Grab grab the sheets, do that instead. But so, um, I, can, uh, I can definitely attest to the fact that this thing is warm. It is very cold in my basement. And so I'm fighting it out. I'm certainly not going to fall asleep. I don't feel comforted right now. I just feel warm, which is good. You know, that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, I got Kayla a weighted blanket last year for Christmas that someday we'll figure out how you wash. Ooh, um, yeah. Because, like, what do you do? I don't know. It's got, like, glass beads or something in it to weigh yeah. it down, right? Little tiny glass beads. So, like, I don't want those in the dryer um, or the washing machine for that for that matter. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah. 
It's also cold up here, which is why I thought tonight might be better than the minus two that it's supposed to be tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in as much as this is a show that's nominally about food and restaurants and food trends and stuff like that, we do talk a lot about weather because um, it does impact more than you would expect, right? Like, Steve and I, like, I can see Steve right now. None of you can. He's in his house. He's wearing a hat and a scarf. (laughs) I am in my house. These are buildings. These are, like, fully constructed buildings. I am in my house, and I'm wearing this big-ass Chewbacca-looking blanket thing, right? That's fine. That's a personal thing. Whatever. When, in Chicago at least, there are these weather reports of snowmageddon. Oh, it's going to be winter apocalypse. This kind of stuff, right? That negatively impacts small businesses in a manner in which you probably would not believe. Restaurants in particular will lose tens of thousands of dollars. Especially, like, going into a weekend like where we are right now because of weather reports so this is this is my little psa at the very beginning of this episode right like yeah you just had to endure steve and i talking about blankets and weather and stuff but like if you hear a weather report where the meteorologist i almost said dermatologist the meteorologist is using terminology like that like snowmageddon it's worth taking a second and thinking to yourself maybe this doesn't affect my plans that much (laughs) We had a prediction of 11 inches of snow Friday, uh, January 12th. Yeah, yesterday. And we ended up in the city of Chicago getting about three, and that's generous, right? So restaurants, I was here because we stopped, my daughter and I stopped and got tacos at our place, Pueblo Nuevo, right? They were dead. They were absolutely dead. The weather reports, the weather reporting, ah. It's not public safety. It is just news, right? And meteorologists are allowed to be very, very wrong very, very often and still keep their jobs. It does harm restaurants when those weather reports are sensationalist. And so that's that's my my, my counsel to everyone out there is to like, mm, use, use your common sense. You probably still can go out. Don't be unsafe, right? If it really is nasty out, don't go running out to the club. But, like, if you were planning on going to get pizza, if you were planning on going to have a birthday party somewhere, it's almost 100% of the time (laughs) not going to be as bad as the weather report on NBC says it's going to (laughs) be. I was surprised at how many things were preemptively canceling things. My school was closed yesterday, which I – there's no downside to me at all. Like, I not only went in safely – did a little bit of work, like uh, freezing some product, you know, utilizing some product in a different way, uh, giving some food to the security guards and the maintenance guys, and um, uh, doing a bunch of cleaning and whatever. I had to receive one delivery that I couldn't cancel, but I canceled another delivery. And I convinced my client to pay my staff for the day because they are all wage, and it's unfair to have them be scheduled for a day and have the school closed. That's not their fault, right? And then I was home by like 10 o'clock in the morning. There was no reason for the school to be closed yesterday. No reason at all. However, let me tell you, no complaints. There is no (laughs) downside for me at all. Have they done anything? Well, obviously, there wouldn't be anything tomorrow, but anything about Monday? Like, uh, I was surprised because a lot of stuff is canceled for tomorrow as well, but it's more temperature than it is anything else because it's going to be so cold. So, right. Um, My school was already going to be closed tomorrow, uh, Monday for Martin Luther King Day. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. They're not worried. True. 
All right, then. I mean, it's been seven minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In the Weeds with Ben <laughs> Randall. I am Ben Randall. And I'm Stephen Cadwell. And if this is your first episode, let me let me bring you all the way back to the beginning. I am a chef. I've been cooking since I was 14, which is 31 years this year. And I currently run the all-scratch food service for a private school in Lakeview here in Chicago. And again, I don't run a self-operated restaurant. I sympathize with everybody who does it is a rough time of year right now steve and i talked about this in our last episode there is a slump most everywhere but in chicago in particular in january because everybody spent their money at christmas time so did i but this is the time when small mom and pop operations struggle so especially if the news lies to you and says there's going to be 11 inches of snow and you only get three uh it's like a tinder weather report you think you're getting 11 inches and you only got three Go out, spend your money at small mom and pop places, and if you are going to be risking your life in some sort of weather, make sure you're getting good stuff and you're not going to Burger King, right? You're not going to (laughs) Target, right? Go to the mom and pop places, because this is the time of year when they struggle the most. And you're probably going to have, it's it's going to be less busy, so more attention for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, my daughter and I, so uh, go all the way back. Friday is pizza and a movie night at my house every week. My son, this was his idea, well, when he was about three, right? So it's like 12 years ago now. And he was not going to be able to be with us for pizza and a movie night this week. He had a debate tournament, debate, oh. debate meet, a debate match. Forensics. <laughs> yes. So my daughter, who's not the hugest fan of pizza, it was her idea for us to get tacos. So we went and got tacos. Again, there was nobody there. But the owner, Lulu hung out with us until the tacos were all ready and she gave me a cup of coffee which she always does which is awesome and i'm trying like i trained myself over the last couple of years to drink my coffee black because i'm trying to work on this decreased calorie sort of a thing and whatever man does she put just like i'm sure it's sweetened condensed milk in that coffee i love it <laughs> uh it was it was great like that's the kind of moment that you have with an owner of a place where it's like does she do this for everybody yes but i'm happy she does it for me also right like we have that personalized attention. And it was it was good. It was fun. That's what you get when you are supporting a small business and they're fucking slow as hell because everybody believed the weather report. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think I've ever been a regular anywhere. It, like, it happened once or twice at a couple different Starbucks when I was in Florida, and it creeped me out <laughs> when they knew my name. So I uh, that's when I'd like time to get a new Starbucks. Yeah. Um, that's all right, where I'd go and just – I'd sit and do homework. Um, so uh, – but, but otherwise, I mean, I, like a restaurant, I could, it, it wouldn't, you know, it'd kind of be cool. I don't think I'd be creeped out. Like, I would just, I wanted to be anonymous at Starbucks. I'm not there to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I yearn for that, right? Like, to a certain degree, anybody who moves to a big city from a small town, right? You find your small town within that big city. That's just how we do, right? And to a certain degree, that's how, you know, these little ethnic neighborhoods end up happening in big cities. Chicago being a, quote, city of neighborhoods and it's segregation but like that aside like you find these neighborhoods where like all the cops will live because one or two move there and then they tell their cop buddies and then they all end up moving there and that becomes their little town within the big city uh i don't necessarily need that to be one geographical region like my small town within chicago is these places that i go where the soap guy knows me the coffee shop guy knows me the taco lady knows me right like and i know them and i support them and they expect me on a regular basis that's my small town within chicago 
Okay, so um, I, is there actually a neighborhood where a whole bunch of cops live? The one I'm living in now, yeah. Because um, a lot of times, it, like when people are putting stuff up, they're like, hey, we need some cops, so guess what? We'll discount your house because everyone feels better if there's a police car, um, you know, in the driveway next door or whatever. But um, so here's th- th- that thought led to a couple others. Led to like, so if it's like uh, um, Busy Town, Richard Scary, or if it's like uh, the puppet... Mr. Rogers puppet neighborhood or whatever, <laughs> right. but like it's completely populated. You turn the page in the where's Waldo and this town is completely populated with cooks. <laughs> what if it was just a neighborhood where all the cooks lived? What would that neighborhood look like? Well, so uh, years and years and years ago, my kid brother and I, who he's a visual artist, he's a film guy, all of that kind of stuff. He and I talked about putting a comic together where there was an entire city not unlike Vegas, where the entire city was just, this is the destination in the United States of America for all the best restaurants. This is where it is. And in my head, the dead city center was bright, shiny, almost like Vegas, bright, shiny, tall buildings, right? That's where all the hotels were and stuff. And it was lots of little restaurants, but at the tops of the hotels were all of these like way super fancy restaurants. And then out from that, almost like a wheel, right, spokes of a wheel, were these different areas where it would just be like uh, in Blade Runner where there's that alley that Harrison Ford sits in and it's all those noodle shops and he just sits down in one. It's that kind of thing. You've got an area that's just all taco places. You've got an area. And it's not that that's where people live necessarily, but it's just like, look, I want Thai food. I'm going to the spoke that has all the Thai food on it, you know. Uh, that was the sort of sci-fi comic book version of it in my head. I'm talking though. So if, if we've talked about how, um, architects have never worked in a kitchen yeah. and whenever a kitchen is designed in a, in a space, um, the few that are, because most are, um, spaces that have been transformed into working kitchens for restaurants. But for those that are actually designed to be restaurant kitchens, there's a lot of stuff that you can notice or whatever. So let's say that, We'll we'll flip the script there, and it's a it it's uh, chefs who've done urban planning, <laughs> like for a neighborhood to live in. What's different about that neighborhood, if anything, than like just your regular old neighborhood? I imagine it's not so much design as it is store choice, right? Like you get a planned community of chefs you immediately get this list of businesses that are not allowed to be there, like a Walmart, right? Like a um, any of the like bad grocery stores, right? So like Jewel Osco <laughs> kind of places, right? What do you get? You get a lot of, you get bodegas, you get higher end grocery stores. Like as much as all of us like to rip on Whole Foods, there's some shit you can only get at Whole Foods, right? Uh, you've got a farmer's market dead center in the middle of the place. Like you have at least one walking mall area that's like a town square or a town circle that's got a farmer's market smack in the middle of it and everything around it is coffee shops that as soon as it starts to get dark out, they all turn into bars, right? That kind of thing. Uh, All of the houses have backyards big enough for like two smokers and a big grill, that sort of thing. Okay, so let's take this a step further or or a step uh, sideways. If... We were going to break down the neighborhoods, not by like types of foods, not like, well, this this would be like Little Mexico or this would be uh, um, um, 
Chinatown. So we're, you're going to have the Asian market over here. You're going to have the um, Latin foods over here or whatever. Not like that, but like jobs in a kitchen. Like who flocks together? Do you have like um, is is the uh, gated community? Is that uh, like the CEO chef people or is that like uh, a pastry chefs? Um, where where do the where do they congregate what is it is it the pastry chefs that have the most christmas decorations holiday decorations out Uh. (laughs) i imagine that there's a block of affordable studio and one-bedroom apartments which is where most of the line cooks live now they've got banging kitchens no living room just space for a dining room table that's pushed against a wall in a corner right so that like yeah you can put four people at it but you have to move the table first You've got, yeah, pastry chefs live, like, just outside of that, like, maybe just down the hill from that ritzy area where the front of the house managers and the owners live. The chefs live in, like, houses, but they're not that far from the cook apartment buildings. Dishwashers, nobody knows where they live. (laughs) They're at every party. They are, you see them at every grocery store and bodega and whatever. Nobody knows where they live at all servers all live in one house that looks like an abandoned haunted hotel (laughs) yeah but that one uh, so the pastry chefs for sure lots of christmas decorations the community that has the uh front of house owners uh, front of house managers and the owners has like uh landscaping service that comes on saturday mornings like super fucking early (laughs) I was going to ask, you know, if the waitstaff even got to stay there, if they just were able to come visit night at night. No, they all like they all go back together to this giant, not falling apart, but definitely not well kept hotel that nobody knows whose room is whose server or uh, cooks never get to go in there at all. Like that's just blocked off. You're not allowed. From a back of house perspective, I have no idea what goes on in that place. <laughs> See now I want like like uh, Richard Scarry's Busy Town. I want someone to draw this this uh, Chef Town, Chefsville, Cook, right. Cook Cookville. I mean, you live in Cook County. I do live in Cook County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um. I also occupy this space that not a lot of people in my industry do, which is that I've kind of gotten out. I've kind of not. I mean, I do. I, I had a staff member who was out two days last week, and so I was right there. So I let me go through last week, because last week was wild. Sunday, the 7th, I was at work all day. Man, I don't work weekends anymore. I'm 45 years old. I've put in my time. I now have, it's not a cushy job, but it is like the best job I could have at this time, right? For anybody who hasn't heard me talk about this before, I work from 5.30 in the morning till 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, Monday to Friday. Holidays off, summer's off. It's fucking amazing, right? I will work fucking weekends. But uh, my client asked very nicely if I could come in and cater the breakfast, AM snack, arrange the lunch because they were ordering a special lunch, and PM snack and beverages all day for a committee meeting that was taking all day. Like, all right, fine. It was only 40 people. I did it all myself. That gave me an opportunity because we'd been off for two weeks for Christmas break. It gave me an opportunity to prep a bunch of shit because the kitchen was dark and empty and we were starting from scratch, right? So I spent that entire nine-hour shift being the gopher for this group that kept on changing their minds about shit and also just doing (laughs) a ton of prep, right? 
Monday and Tuesday, one of my staff members needed the two, those two days off for unrelated reasons, not related to work. And so I was right in it. Like I was cooking up to my elbows, cooking every single one of those three days. And then she was back. So Wednesday, Thursday, she was back. I was able to take it a little easy. And now like my new employee is doing a banging job and picking everything up really fast. Anything we throw at her, she's just like, yeah, okay, I know how to do that. And then Friday we were closed and I worked for like four hours, not working real hard. And then I came home. So it was a very, very strange week. But like I, (laughs) at some point in my career with this company, if I stay with this company and I say, if I've been with this company for eight years now, if I stay with them at some point, I will get promoted out of the kitchen. I I don't know how I'm going to handle that, to be honest. Like, am I looking forward to the a different challenge to more money to different different problems yeah not cooking every day i don't know what that's like i wonder how that will transform what you do at the house if if at all right. i mean today i just sort of casually threw together a um, chicken thigh curry not unlike butter chicken but i didn't have all the right ingredients so i just kind of got in the neighborhood you know uh raza hanout seasoning and cumin and coriander and uh turmeric and garlic and ginger and onions and i put coconut uh, coconut oil and coconut milk and some tomato paste and let that cook for three or four hours and i made jasmine rice and i did some squash like i just sort of casually did that while i was doing all my other stuff i don't see myself doing fancier shit than that if i'm not cooking every day but i also worry that i'll lose some of my mojo if i if i get (laughs) could you imagine me in a suit and tie job like i wouldn't be able to dress like chewbacca (laughs) fucking wild that would be do you have do you own a suit i don't know i think i have i have one that i bought to go to my sous chef's wedding in june and it's like a, a tan very light tan linen suit but i think that's it no, see, I think it's like military. You can just wear your chef's coat and uh, pants <laughs> wherever you go. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't know what the dress code is for my boss. I've ha- Have I seen him in a full suit? Usually it is, you know, slacks, button-up shirt, tie. I don't know if I've seen him in a full suit, though. I don't know. This is years and years off, and I don't really want to think about it, so whatever. But, like... Well- I think it's okay to prepare because I think you need to right now decide what kind of Thai person you are. Is it a bolo? Is it a uh, is it an ascot? Oh. Is it a bow tie? Bow ties um, look very complicated. Well, you can get clip-on ones. True. W- weren't you ever in band or choir? No. Probably not. Uh, um, choir, yes. I don't think we had bow ties as our ah. uniform. But, I mean, there's lots of – I mean, is it just a scarf like Fred from Scooby-Doo? Oh, I could do a scarf. Yeah. I mean, pick your neckwear. Don't don't <laughs> don't conform to the uh, current tie. Do an yeah. '80s square-ended skinny tie Ooh, with like piano keys on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gotta find the tie that screams Ben. I'm I'm in the dead center of the Star Wars generation. There has to be classy, subtle Star Wars ties, right? Because I have some Star Wars ties that are flashy. They're like really pretty tacky. There has to be some, you know, it's like, it's a hound's tooth. But when you look at it closely, it's TIE Fighters and X-Wings, right? Like that sort of thing. I'm in for that. Did you see the scuttlebutt over Gillian Anderson's dress for uh, Golden Globes? I did, and it was awesome. 
Yeah, so clearly you, you purposeful. It was awesome. You you need something like that. That's just it's like it's it's white on white or black on black, and yeah. unless you um, get at the right angle, you can't even see what it is unless you whisper it to someone like she did. Right, right. Uh, so I don't know. Again, this is all just sort of idle thoughts in my head. Not that. I, I have no job dissatisfaction right now. Like I said, they closed us on Friday and there's no downside for me. It was, I, I moved that, I was able, so here's how it goes. That menu we were going to serve yesterday, the way my sous chef prepped it, the way that my uh, cook two prepped it, we're able to fold all of that food into upcoming menus. And then I put that exact menu onto next Friday, which is great because next Friday's menu is very popular, but it's kind of a pain in the ass. And so I lose no product. I actually save money for my client because we're not throwing anything away. And we get to get rid of uh, one version of a kind of a pain in the ass menu. <laughs> Everybody got paid. I only worked like four, four and a half hours. We didn't have the end of the world snow. Like we got more snow today than we did yesterday. It was supposed to be the end of the world yesterday. And I, th- today I shoveled. I didn't even shovel yesterday. I didn't shovel yesterday either, but I was trying to wait for most of it. We got more than you. I think we got ended up with uh, six or so inches. Yeah. I mean, it's snowing uh, right now, but I don't even, like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I wonder about the management of the school if they feel embarrassed that they closed school yesterday. Again, I, I have know. no regrets. I think it's awesome, and I was very happy. <laughs> I feel like it. We, we that would happen when we were – in uh, high school or, or elementary school, like they'd close because of the forecast and then nothing would happen. And so then the next time they'd be like, nope, yep. we're staying open. And then they would stay open despite the fact that it's a blizzard. Yeah. And like, we're not going to run buses on the back roads. It's like, really? Then how are you? Don't expect those kids to be in school. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so like they canceled all of the after school activities for my daughter's school, for Chicago Public Schools, which is fine. It was, we were supposed to get, you know, because the storm was this big crescent and there was this gap in the middle of the day and then the other side of the crescent was coming to hit us. Uh, it rained. It was like 38 <laughs> degrees and raining and I picked my daughter up and it was no hardship to me and I felt fine and I, I should acknowledge my privilege there too. Like I was off, so whatever. Pick her up at 2.30, pick her up at 4. Doesn't matter to me, right? When I picked her up though, she was confused because they hadn't communicated that to the kids at all, that there was no uh, after school activities. And I think they were a little embarrassed about that, too, because it was just like, (laughs) it looked like, you know, in April when you've gotten that last snow and then it turns into rain, it looked like that. It was still, it was slush, and it was about two inches of slush. Ugh. It wasn't even, like, I drive this little piece of shit uh, Toyota Corolla, no problem on these roads, right? Like, it was worse today. It was worse today than it was yesterday. And they still canceled all the school and all the aftercare stuff and whatever. I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to translate this into a kitchen question, but I drove to Lowe's earlier in the day, maybe it was around noon yesterday, which isn't too far, we're just a few miles away, um, to, to get up some, uh, get some stuff that I thought I might need if I couldn't get out today, yeah. um, so I could keep working on putting up drywall, and uh, the, um, there's a little road going between two roads, so I turned, turning left onto that road, I missed so there's two cars in front of me. There's a yellow Jeep, and then there's, I don't know, I forget what the next car was, and then my, me, and we're all turning left. And so I see the Jeep go, I see the next car go, and then I'm looking down the road to check traffic instead of watching where they're going. And then I make the turn, and somehow the Jeep had done 
180 and was facing completely the wrong direction. <laughs> like not in in entirely in the lane in the middle of the road and the the um the tire tracks for the front wheels anyway almost look like uh, lightning bolts. Um in <laughs> nice. so I don't know exactly and the speed that they were traveling should not have caused this. So I have yeah. no idea how I mean they were still moving so I know that they, you know, somehow spun out and then they just uh reversed a little bit so they could um uh, make a Yui and and then went on their way. No harm, no damage. Um, but it was it was weird. I do remember um, in a cloverleaf once accidentally like drifting the entire cloverleaf because <laughs> of the weather. Yeah. Scariest thing I've ever done. Um, so my question is, in the kitchen, have you ever encountered something or been a part of like a wipeout or a slip or something where you have no idea how whatever it is that happened just happened? Um, either something ends up on top of something or, I mean, it doesn't have to create a big mess, but it's like you saved your own butt somehow, uh, um, on the soap or whatever. And, uh, cause those I, floors can get slick despite them not supposed to be getting slick. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. It m- very often goes the other way where I know exactly what happened and it's awful. <laughs> right? Like I, I've had, I've seen people, you know, you yeah, you've got a sheet tray, covered in nine pans that all have prep in them and you take a corner too hard and you bump the sheet tray and all of the nine pans jiggle and then the one at the far end in the corner falls and like falls into the fryer or something right like it's always something like that or what you'll get is you'll get servers who have a balanced tray and something unbalances it on one side they overcompensate and they dump the whole thing right yeah you you cannot train someone to let something fall off a tray and not have it upset their balance the natural impulse is to correct right which is exactly what happens with driving especially if it was like a jeep wrangler those things weigh about 18 pounds right so if you're driving that thing in snow (laughs) you're either insane or you're the greatest driver of all time because what your guy did was overcompensate like three times (laughs) which is that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens when you're carrying a loaded tray of anything. So that's a half sheet tray or a full sheet tray or a server tray or whatever it is. The minute something starts to wobble, you overcorrect the other way and you dump everything, you know. You know, I think one of the one of the good things about being our age is there are things that I would have done that I no longer do in terms of like um I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I don't really need to um you know, uh um uh, uh, make sure that the floor is dry before I carry this thing across the room or whatever. It's like, no, no, I'm going to go with the extra step and make sure it's dry because yeah, yeah. I've been on my ass with the cake in my face and, and I don't want it to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like the uh, original Spider-Man where he catches all of that lunch stuff on the one tray. Like, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen anything <laughs> quite like that. Uh, probably the most recent one that I've seen was at my shop. I came around the corner with a... Uh, a number of dirty dishes and I was headed into the dish room and I just wanted to go to the, the the table area that's on the dirty side of the dish machine where you load everything into the racks and push them through and I slipped and I ended up being able to in a moment of clarity dump all of that stuff into the pot scrubbing sink rather than having it go all over the place <laughs> uh, which made a little bit of a mess but it was a mess of clean water so as far as I'm concerned not a mess yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's you, a win. If you spill soapy water on the floor, that's clean. That's not a mess. That's a clean. <laughs> and I didn't hurt myself, so win, win, win. Yeah, yeah. Removing that's just going to make things cleaner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, 
there's a reason for the vocabulary, the funniest of which is hot behind. Um, but there's a reason that you hear things like that in a kitchen, and that's because at one point that wasn't part of the vernacular yeah. and bad things happened. So so now we warn people when we're behind them because we don't want – you don't want to surprise anyone in a working kitchen. No. No, not while carrying something hot, heavy, or sharp. Yeah. Which is everything. Yep. Now I'm kind of obsessed in my head, and this will be very brief. With the idea that if you drop something on the floor, you're making a mess. But if you drop any sort of a detergent on the floor, you've made a clean. Yeah. As though clean could be a noun. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick that into my lexicon. Like, oh, I dropped some soap. I made a clean. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping that one. I like that. So if if uh, you walk into a room that that someone has made a lot of cleans. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that room is cleany? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Look at how cleany this place is. <laughs> oh, this is pretty great. Look how cleany it is. Clingy? No, cleany. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So where should we start, Steve, now that we're half an hour into this show? <laughs> so did you get the thing that I sent you? I did. It's in a different language, so I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. Uh, well, um... You can maybe figure it out. The reason, and I used Google <laughs> Translate, um, so let me get to it, and then I will uh, um, let you know. Uh, the beginning says, "I winging." So yes, it wasn't. An, this is Google Translate, so this is not great. I winging presentations of luxury and expensive restaurants that will make you question life when they come to the table. And the reason I sent you this is because if you scroll all the way down to the bottom. You might notice your photo. Um, I was updating the website and I wanted to find the URL for that photo so I could put it on the website. And uh, your uh, tablecloth buffet is number 17. Open buffet, but you eat from the counter. Um, Yuck. Yes. So that's pretty much this is just making fun of. It's like a Polish BuzzFeed. I don't know. Uh, uh, Onadio? Onadio? Um, I put a link to it on the website as well as the p- photo of the um, the tablecloth that we talked about last week. But the first is fish served on a stone. Um, is what she's holding. Yep, and I that's exactly what that looks like too. It is a piece of fish garnished with like a leek or something just on a rock. <laughs> Yep, it is, and and like not. I mean, that looks like a rock that I just picked up from Lake Michigan. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't. It does not look like it's a clean. That's for sure. Yeah. The next, um, have you translated it or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, number two is that it looks to be a cutting board, but it looks to be a cutting board that's been painted, which I don't recommend because it also right. looks like it's been used, and who uh-huh. knows what that paint is made of, and what is that on there? So this appears to be two breakfast tacos made very. I mean. It's it's breakfast tacos, right? So it's scrambled eggs, it's uh, some sort of a melty white cheese, and sour cream and ham and okay, pickled okay. peppers and some triangular hash browns. But yeah, just on a cutting board. And the they, for they labeled it. I think the sauce and egg uh, full will spill on my lap. You have a different translation than I do because mine says I think the whole gravy and egg will spill into my lap. Oh, nice. Oh, did you use Google? I did. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Maybe your Google is smarter than mine. Next, <laughs> the, I think you mentioned it, right? The third one? Yeah, something yeah. similar. Yep. 
Nothing beats the taste of chicken on a shovel. So this is, yeah, it's just the shovel head, not the wooden <laughs> handle part with what appears to be like <sighs> sesame broccoli stir fry chicken. Yeah, maybe chicken teriyaki. Uh, oh, my translation, go. I think, is superior here because it says, nothing else gives the taste of chicken in the shovel. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yes. The next one is, since when have cutting boards been used instead of plates? This is yep. hummus, pita, and crudite. And you're right. I mean, there's oil just about to roll off of the side of that cutting board. Yeah. I mean, put the pita and the crudite on there and put the freaking hummus in a little bowl. Put the hummus in a bowl. If it's runny, put it in a bowl. Uh, this the next one have you seen this steve no and this uh, they actually so this i don't know if that pla- the they have a name there i don't know where that would be but no i've not and i don't don't want to this is ridiculous it's so this gross. one's labeled technically there's a plate this time but is there a need for that glass so people i blame salt bay right you know that that asshole with the white t-shirt and the sunglasses who's like sprinkling salt yeah. down his arm onto steaks i blame him for this resurgence in Tableside presentation that is stupid, right? The stuff that that guy does is stupid. There's no reason for it. It is very self-aggrandizing and narcissistic, and it is all about him. It's not about the food. It's about him. This is another one of those things. This is an upside-down wine glass on a plate. The wine glass itself is full of what appears to be spaghetti with pasta sauce, right? So the idea is that it gets set down at your table, and the server spins the glass as they're lifting it off of the pasta and the pasta then is on your plate and you get to eat it it is tremendously dumb yeah well you're dirtying an extra dish for no reason and also i would hesitate to say that that glass is full of pasta this looks like portion control to me it's like oh this will make them feel good about the tiny bit of spaghetti they're getting it's like half full of pasta yeah I mean, how much pasta can you put in a... And that's not like a... It's not a snifter. It's definitely just like a red wine glass, right? Yeah. No, that's an eight-ounce uh, wine glass. Yeah, so that's four ounces of pasta and sauce. Yeah. Is that is that a full portion of spaghetti? I don't even know. No. Not even um, close. So, yuck. <laughs> and it doesn't look... That doesn't look appealing to me. It looks like... Some, this looks like a child has put their spaghetti into the glass. Well, right, yeah. It looks like a kid at a table put a bunch of spaghetti into a wine glass, and this is how the server decided to bust the table. This looks like it's about to go away. It does yeah. not look like it's being served. That's not presentation. If it weren't for the uh, the green dandruff on the plate, you wouldn't... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one is another cutting board. So it's a steak with fries in a glass ramekin of some sort. Um, and this, the, it's on a cutting board. Now the cutting board has a juice groove around it, which if you've ever used a wooden cutting board, it's got that groove. It's to catch the juices for when you're cutting meat, but there is an outlet on it, right? Like there's a space where it's been cut out. So those yeah. juices can then, I guess, just run free. And that's, what's going to happen with the giant gravy boat. That's also on that. Yeah. What is your, board. what is yours say for number six? The sauce is poured first onto the food and then onto his lap. Yep, more or less the same. The, the sauce is poured first to the dish and then into the lap. I also, this the next one for me says, I saw this on Twitter and I, Twitter and I didn't understand anything. And I would agree. <laughs> it looks like one of those cake things, but yeah. it's chicken, a corn muffin, bacon. And I presume it must be full of gravy. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, in, it's in a stemmed glass. I, with possibly salt sure maybe they this this do you think they just made this at the table surely that's not a real thing i have no idea there's uh, a pancake there next to it so i imagine is this like a chicken and waffle take 
Maybe? I don't know. Everything about this bothers me. And I, we've talked about this before, the idea of taking a, a milkshake. And you put a slice of pie, and you put three cupcakes and, and nine donuts on top of it, and all of a sudden the thing is completely unbalanced, and it's four feet tall, and you can't possibly eat any of it without making a giant mess. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, no, you're not no making grasses. a clean with this. No, 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 no. What does your number eight say? It says, so much show for so little. Uh, mine says, so many shows for so many things. <laughs> so this is an antler with what appears to be like a wonton with maybe like a beef carpaccio in it, but it's minuscule. Yeah. Huge as antler. And then there's a giant glass with not very much wine in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't like, I was, is this an optical illusion of some kind? I don't know, but I, you don't, something that small, I think you would want to put on a small plate so it looks bigger, right? This just accentuates how small it is. Yeah. This is the kind of presentation that leads to the movie, the menu. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I'm looking at in this next one. What does your headline say? It says they press every button to make eating difficult. Yeah, mine more or less says that. And and I, th I basically th think it says it ticks all the boxes to make it hard to eat. Oh, okay. so so I see, I see. Because it's a, it's a metal cone stand with newspaper in it with, those are chips. So I, I had the scale wrong. I thought those were full tortillas, but those are round tortilla chips. And then there's suspended a ramekin of probably queso and um, pico de gallo or something. But yeah, the minute you dip any of those chips into either of those things, you're making a mess on the table. Yeah. And, and also, this is not – those cones are not made for chips, right? Right. This it's is, for fries. It's for fries. Yeah. This is not the um, correct use for that. And I only say that because, like, yeah, these are small-ish round chips. But uh, – and um, it's it just – I feel like they uh, they could have done better. Also, like, they, they just have a bag from Lay's in the back that they're pulling those from. This is not – yeah. Uh, I, ho I hope they didn't pay much for that because all of that came from uh, an aisle at Jewel. <laughs> right. What's the next one say for you? Freshly cut. That's what mine says too. So this is a cross cut. It does not appear to be lacquered or anything. Piece of wood, like live edge wood that has... I can't, I, I can't even tell if this is supposed to be an entree or if this is an appetizer or what. Because there is some beef on there. There's a piece of yeah. lettuce. There's a lot of microgreens. There's something in the middle in an ashtray. And there's a piece of bread. <laughs> and then like a bowl of sour cream. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, is that bread? I thought that was like a, a stuffed egg roll sort of thing. But I think you're right. It's bread. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on here, too. I don't hate it if everything would have been in a dish and you're just bringing the appetizers out on it. I yeah. don't like that there's just food on it. Because how do you get something like that clean? You don't. You don't get a live edge board like that clean unless it's been completely lacquered. Yeah, anything porous like that is not coming clean. And the other, th the other thing, I think, um, like, the, the next one and the shovel, too, like, we should, you should just not be able to serve food on things that are not food grade. Well, and you're not. So these are places that either need to be... Um, health inspected again or have not yet been right like there's 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 a health inspection issue of some sort going on here because yeah this next one try hummus like this this is a um tray a weird wooden tray that's got some hummus or has some pita and what looks like lavash and then an ice a wooden handled ice scoop that has hummus in it 
Yeah. This one actually doesn't bother me too much because I don't hate that presentation, but you're right. That should be an oval dish. That shouldn't still be an ice scoop. Well, and my biggest concern, because I think you can get the metal part clean, but that wooden handle doesn't yeah. even look like it's um, varnished or, or sealed in any way. And if you um, run that thing through the dish machine, that wooden handle, where it connects to the rest of that uh, scooper, that's where it's going to fall apart the quickest. And if it doesn't, where that cuff, the metal cuff goes over the beginning of the wooden handle, that's where you get bacteria growing. Yeah, absolutely. It's never um, getting dry on the inside of that. So, I mean, take it out, but maybe if it were all metal or something, I don't know. Um, and the next one, I think the utensils are cute, but I don't know if they're supposed to be utensils. And uh, <laughs> So this is, it says cheesecake in a pot, but the pot is like a terracotta planter pot. It's a little one. It's probably four inches tall. But you're right. There's a little wooden spoon, a little wooden rake, and a little wooden spoon shovel thing. I agree. I don't think I want that in my mouth. I don't think I want yeah. that little wooden, that little metal spade in my mouth. Yeah. First of all, it looks sharp. Uh-huh. Um, and also, how clean does terracotta? Can you get terracotta to run it through the dishwasher? How long is that going to last? I don't know. I mean, I know of people who bake in terracotta, but I don't know about serving in it because that's different. That's a different thing. There are some things like uh, it was. It was a dumb chain restaurant that that had little. I think they served like um, small milkshakes in you. You got like a milkshake flight, but they were in little milk bottles. Huh, okay. Um, which were cute, but those were glass. Now, so yeah. if this were glass, I would think it would last longer and be easier to sterilize. But um, maybe terracotta is fine. It is. It's hard. It's. I know you can cook with it because you. Isn't that how you make the bread? Isn't that a terracotta thing? You slap it on the side of it, whatever. Um, the, it's kind of an upside down. Yeah, tandoor. Con- conical. Um, yeah. I. I don't know. I think a tandoor is, yeah, it's like a clay oven kind of a thing, so it is similar to terracotta. What worries me about this is all of the things that I'm comfortable with with terracotta, they're hot. This is just something sitting in terracotta, which is by design porous. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like, you want water to move around in terracotta in a planter kind of a situation. Um, hmm, this has got me worried. Yeah. Also, also it, I mean, oh, sorry, you go. I was just say it looks like there's a lime maybe that's been squirted onto the a lime rind. Is oh, that yeah, what? The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's that's going weird. on there. Also, yeah, there's a bunch of mint. Come on, pastry chefs, you can't you can't make a dessert and then go. Oh, this needs something. It needs mint near it. That's not helpful. <laughs> that's what the fuck's wrong with you? So, the other thing about this, I've never dug the. Well, sorry, dug the idea of my food being compared to dirt, right? So, like, there's those dirt cup things you can make with, like, crushed up brownies and you put gummy worms in them and stuff. Fucking gross. Don't give me that ever. And I don't want to go to a place where I'm paying for the food and have them be like, your dessert looks like dirt. Like, no, I don't want it then. And don't give me a little fucking shovel. That's rude. You eat with your eyes first and we want you to think you're eating dirt. Exactly. That feels insulting. Yeah. Yikes another shovel <laughs> though this seems shovel worthy maybe um and here you can tell they just cut the uh yeah cut the handle off the shovel yeah you can still see the wood in there uh this it's titled no aesthetics is not the case what is the purpose uh agreed <laughs> there's no so a couple things about this there's no good reason to ever serve anything in a shovel ladies and gentlemen i don't care what you think the reason is there's no good reason ever because you did not need to name your restaurant Shovelers. So it's not like you're having to like <laughs> roll with something, right? Also, 
metal is a conductor, right? You put hot food onto metal, unless the metal is also hot, which presents a whole different problem, it's immediately going to start cooling down any food that it's touching, right? Ceramics are insulators. That's why we make fucking plates out of ceramics, because they are not going to immediately leach the heat out of your food. Also, there's a giant piece of the handle sticking off of that plate, or that plate, off of that shovel. I wonder how many people elbow those and knock their shit off the table. Oh, and uh, I think it's got to happen frequently because the other thing about it is the the it's not flat. So yeah. there's very little of the shovel actually touching the surface of the table. So that sucker's going to spin like a top when it's bumped. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, not just not a good idea. And if you're gonna do it, yeah, I mean, get make, get a plate, create a plate again. Go to a glass blower and be like, I want plates that look like shovels. Right. Okay, and then he can make you something that's gonna sit on the table um, like it should, w- without having to uh, you know resort to using an actual shovel um, yeah. that is not you know that's very unwieldy. There's no way shovel heads are cheaper than plates anyway. If no. that was the thing. I wouldn't think so. No chance. I mean, the only the only th- way that this is acceptable at all is if the entire thing, including the shovel, is cake. <laughs> right, right. Is it a shovel or is it cake? Yeah. Uh, this next one, what's your title for this next one? They made a wheel pizza. That's exactly what mine says, too. This appears to be a pizza that I don't know if it was baked inside of a tire or if the tire was put on later, but it is a pizza inside of a tire. And that's fucking gross. There's yeah, no way I, they baked it in there. The tire would have melted. This is one of that I'm real. And, and and also, I don't know if that's a pizza because there's a brownie in the middle. This is a TV dinner or something or other. Yeah. Um, uh, I, this one, I feel like it has to be fake because the wheel doesn't even fit around there. But if anyone is serving this to me, I'm not eating it. Like, yeah, no, if, if I went to a restaurant... And, like, the people I was with really wanted to go to this restaurant and went there and my food came out on a shovel. I would have the biggest, deepest, judgiest sigh ever, but I would eat my food. I'm not eating this in this tire. Right. Right. I would feel unsafe. Yeah. The tire goes around it, yes. Um, this is this. There's a link to this on the website as well if anyone is wants to go there, in the weedswbr.com. Um it's near the picture of the stuff on the tablecloth we talked about last week. I also don't know what this, what, okay, so if this is pizza around a brownie in the middle, um, why are there peas on it? Are those <laughs> olives? I don't know. I don't know what's going yeah, on. I, I also, I'm thoroughly confused by this entire picture. Yeah. <laughs> a glass of what this gentleman ate is what my 15 says. Uh, yes, this appears to be a shot glass or possibly a small candle holder. With two coconut shrimps taken out of it. Honestly, this one is not that uncommon. Shrimp yeah, I don't hate in a this. cocktail glass of some sort, right? Like a martini glass or a rocks glass. That's not too uncommon. What's interesting to me is that there appears to be nothing else in the glass. And you would usually do that as a way to serve the sauce and the shrimp together. And aren't they the, usually the curly shrimp that are then just kind of hooked on the outside of the glass or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So how did they, did they, did they iron these shrimp? Generally, if you want to have your shrimp fry straight, what you'll do is you'll skewer them and then you'll batter them with whatever you're frying them in. Okay. However, you wouldn't then put them into a glass that is one third the depth of the length of those shrimp because that feels really <laughs> unsteady. Yeah, this should have come in like a uh, um, flute. Or like a pint glass. These things look yeah, like yeah. huge. Man. So, curious. 
Uh, this next one, it's it says, there is also a children's menu. They were confused about what to do to reduce the portion. This is a small handheld gardening shovel, wooden handle, metal shovel, with pasta in it that just has sliced up cherry tomatoes. There is a, it's it's all in a wooden box. And there is a another one of these small planters that apparently has a one piece of romaine in it. I don't understand what the fuck's going on here. I don't either. I do not. Maybe this was the hummus people. And they're like, hey, this would be funny if we put pasta in this. I don't know. The box appears to be about five inches deep. The minute you put a fork in that pasta, the whole thing falls apart. It's all yeah. going to fall into that box. Well, at least they gave you something for it to fall into other than your lap. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does look like it's got uh, slats on the side, so uh-huh. it's not a solid, uh, and it's just like a, you're going to get splinters as you eat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't like any of what I'm seeing here. Yeah, this is, uh, you can get too creative with your presentation, or maybe not creative enough. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So there are certain things, Steve, that like innovation for innovation's sake, not always the best thing of all time, right? Like... Once we as a species invented the plate, <laughs> that was pretty much done, right? Like, you can have some uh, variety in that, but the general shape of a plate, the general size of a plate, the general utility of a plate does not need to be improved on. And it is certainly not improved on by using a trowel instead. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay, so... Just just because I want to get your dander up. Oh, hey. Hey, Mr. Siri. Uh, okay. This is awesome. Uh, inventions from Awesome Inventions. 33 times when food presentations went a little too far over the top. Um, so uh, I have not looked at these, so we're doing this live. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, and uh, the first image here is uh, they made a hamburger. They made a bun out of lettuce. I think that's the thing that maybe they're complaining about on that, because that's on a plate. Is this something you've sent to me? Because I have not seen it. Oh, uh, I just sent it to you, yes. Maybe, uh, no, I just sent it to Kayla. <laughs> uh, I really hope she enjoys it. Yeah. All right, there. <laughs> okay, well, while this is coming to me, is there anything you can think of that would... I guess it's got to be... Uh, item to item right there are certain things like you wouldn't want to have soup on a plate so right. there there are there are times when a plate wouldn't be appropriate i guess would would it would it be what uh gazpacho or vichyssoise what's the cold soup those are both cold gazpacho's tomatoes vichyssoise potato okay so what would you do a vichyssoise popsicle Ah, uh, not like a whole popsicle but you could freeze vichyssoise and serve it like a granita with what would that be good on i mean it's a potato soup so it'd be good on everything i'd have to think about that one but you could you could do that for both of them you could you could freeze vichyssoise or gazpacho and then sort of like shave it to put onto something else oh that would shaving it would be fun so you get that little snoopy uh, snow cone maker Bingo. and uh yeah. bring that out to the t- table and do your frozen soup through that right um I'd have to think about that one. But uh, um, anyway, what what was your question? 
like just sort of a blanket idea of when not having a plate and having something else would be an improvement. But like you were saying about that, the one that they had the chips in, that conical metal spiral that you put newspaper into and you put French fries in it, that's great. Is it superior to fries on a plate? I don't think so. But it's great, right? It's a cool thing. Yeah. Now, you put anything else in there? You put a cake in there? Bad idea, right? You put pudding in there? Super bad idea. Yeah. Um, breadsticks? I've had breadsticks served that way. There you go. That's fine. But, um, like, can I think of any food item that is best served on a shovel? No. No. Compared to just a plate. So, like, it, it's this. this isn't a universe where the only thing we have is a shovel. We're saying... Is there anything better than a plate when you have plates around like we do fucking everywhere? Yeah. I mean, unless it's you're a dung beetle, nothing on a shovel is going to be what you what I want to eat. Now, as a volume measurement, do I want a shovel's worth of like pulled pork barbecue sandwiches? Yeah. But I don't want them still to be in a shovel, right? Could you shovel me some Hagen dazs Dual City Leche ice cream? Yes. I don't want to eat it out of the shovel, though. Like, I want that right. amount, but I don't want it to still be in the shovel. Right. Popcorn. Shovel popcorn at me all day, but I want it to be shoveled, like, into a bag. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a Futurama episode where um, it's it, popcorn is eaten out of a highlight um, scoop thing. Okay. Yeah. Because he, he uh, Hermes uses that to reach over and scoop some out of the bu- popcorn bucket, and then he's just eating it out of that. But he also, I mean, it was also an extension to scoop it out of the bucket. And it was a cartoon. So is that going to happen in real life? No, you're going to spill popcorn everywhere. So now let's talk about your 33 times when food presentation went a little too far over the top. Yeah, so I I think we see what you're talking about. This is a burger patty, pickles, tomato, guacamole. But it is served in what is an entire head of iceberg lettuce that's been cut in half to function as a bun. Yeah. You cannot, who in the world besides a hippo famous for eating whole watermelons could eat an entire head of iceberg lettuce and if you if you're um giving up uh carbs or whatever um is that really what you want with your wouldn't it just be better not to have a bun at all (laughs) and there's also a fryer basket of french fries next to it so you're not giving up carbs in this picture and also having said that the little, like, novelty-sized fryer basket that you then serve french fries in, adorable, and I love it. But it also yeah. still needs to go on a plate. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, let me say this. There's a burger restaurant here in Chicago called Burger Belly. They're on Irving Park, uh, west of... No, east of Austin, but in that area. They serve all of their food on quarter trays, right? So you have a full sheet tray, and you have a half sheet tray, and you have a quarter tray. Quarter tray is probably eight by six, right? It is roughly the size of a plate. They serve their burgers on that. Their fries go in one of those little novelty fry baskets, but it's still on a, a tray designed to like catch any shit that falls out of your food as you're eating it. Yeah. I think doesn't smoke also serve on little sheet yeah, trays? Lots of barbecue places do. So, and ladies and gentlemen, t- for reference, think of what a rimmed cookie sheet looks like in your home. It's a half size of that. Yeah. Well, I think the, they're both of those are down further. Um, so, uh, but this, what's the, this barbed wire one? Well, that's what I mean. I think it's down further. The burger was. Let oh. me go down and see if it's described or talked about uh, later. Maybe not. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, I'm still going. But yeah, this Bloody Mary, which is the very first one that has an entire pizza and a bunch of chicken wings and onion rings and gherkins and uh, it's got a 
looks like a club sandwich, and it's got a whole lime skewered on it and a bag of fries. Like, this kind of thing? Get the fuck out of town. Eight, nobody's actually selling that. This is a novelty picture someone put together. But at the same time, don't call this into being. Don't, don't, don't say the devil's name. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is, I mean, uh, you, you order this just to be an asshole, and you order it from assholes. I hope it's $1,000. I don't understand how it's done because there's also another um, Bloody Mary being suspended above the part of the sub sandwich. <laughs> I didn't even see that. So I have no idea. Like, this has got to be... I mean, this is a lot of work to take this apart before you can start eating your food. Yeah, and if you take something off the wrong side, the whole thing falls over. Yeah. So that's just no no, no gracias. And the next thing is the thing we rail about. Um, Ugh. Yeah. Also, like, rimming a drink with salt, there's a functionality to that. When you have a margarita, the salt is salty, the liquor in the drink is bitter, and the lime is acidic. And those three things chemically work against each other. So by the time you've done all three of them, your next drink of the margarita is sweet, it's clean, it's lovely. When people are rimming stuff like this where two-thirds of the glass has fucking candy stuck to the outside of it you are just going to make a mess that's all that is the function of that is mess my conspiracy theory here is that things like this created by old navy okay yeah i can see it they're like hey let's make the stupidest messiest thing possible Uh, and so that people have to then run over to old navy to get a cheap sweatshirt to put over themselves or cheap sweatpants so that they uh no one can see the fact that they dropped a whole cake on themselves. Yeah. Nobody needs a bedazzled drink. <laughs> True story. And also, whoever <laughs> made that the cake on the left, not the chocolate cake, but the uh, funfetti cake, did they not mix that enough? Why is there like four little bits of confetti <laughs> color right inside the middle, the middle yeah. of that piece of cake? Or they were trying to make a shape and, and failed miserably. I don't know, don't know what happened there. If they were trying to make a shape, that shape is definitely a dick. It also looked like uh, this. This looks like you know when you uh, um, take a, a photo of you and someone else, and you're like, "Yeah, I'd rather this were on the beach somewhere." But you're not very good at Photoshop. This looks like they're like, you know what? Maybe these should be in a better restaurant, and they put a different restaurant <laughs> background behind <laughs> the the hands holding these awful monstrosities. Yeah. Um, I do, I don't know what's going on other than pretense in the next one. Yep, this appears to be a brass chair with a sliced in half strawberry on it that has little mint leaves on it. And then a uh, floor tile with, I can't tell what it is because it's blurry on it, but also yeah. very, very tiny. Yeah, the chair is like, for for those of you that remember Cabbage Patch, that size of doll, I think, would sit in yeah, yeah. that chair. Um, a, little, a little too big for a Barbie. Um, you're going to love what's coming up because I had to scroll all the way down. The barbed wire thing is last. Um, yeah, I don't know what, maybe tiny little uh, um, cheesecakes. I don't know what those are. It's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Again, smaller chair, make the strawberries look bigger. Um, yeah, gross. Next is, is this, are those chicken wings? <laughs> uh, chicken, chicken tikka masala on miniature stairwell. Okay. I mean, no thank you. Yep. That looks impossible to clean. Yeah. There appears to be lettuce under the stairs where Harry Potter should live. I don't know. Yes. I don't I don't and why? Is there's there's nothing about uh chicken tikka that would uh would lend itself to a stairwell, right? So no. No, there's no like 
historical this isn't playing into anything like you know where i've seen stairwells like this used in a in a fashion that actually does accentuate the thing you put shot glasses on those steps whether or not there's booze in them or if again it's a single shrimp with cocktail sauce in it that sort of a presentation is fine because you get automatically you know you get height you get motion you get all those things that you want to have on a buffet this should be hot that's not staying hot for more than about a minute yeah i don't understand you know what this is though ben this is a flight of chicken tikka. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, you serve me a flight of something, and it's in a model airplane, then you're playing <laughs> with the terminology. Fine. Fine. Yeah. But just chicken on stairs doesn't work yeah. for you? No. Um, lettuce, yep, lettuce burger. We talked about that. Gross. Oh, that, there it is. Big. Yeah. <laughs> and it, there's so much green. It, um doesn't look good and then Sorry, next, i skipped ahead to the next one which is amazing yes <laughs> again no way you're getting that clean so i don't recommend yeah. it but it is pretty amazing so it says meat served on a barbie doll <laughs> this is uh, it's not prosciutto but it's something like that this is a cured salami type thing of some sort maybe it's serrano ham may, i don't know what it is but they've sliced it and arranged it in such a way that this doll is wearing it like uh who was it who wore the meat dress? Is that Lady Gaga? Yeah. It's that sort of thing, right? Um, now, I'd eat the hell out of this just because it's hilarious and ghoulish. And, 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 and I would accept the food poisoning. Like, I would go into this knowing <laughs> there is no way they ran that doll through the dish machine. There's no way it's clean enough. I'm eating raw, ready-to-eat meat off of it. I'm going to get, like, E. coli and probably things that, like, people can't get. I'm going to get avian flu. I don't know. I'm going to get all sorts of stuff off of this worth it because this is hilarious i love that the arms are up too like oh, please she, eat me even the doll is in for this right now she, now, got her, she has her hair up right so that's good yeah yeah they did they they made sure they got the hair up now is this at all acceptable i i don't think so but is it all acceptable is it at all acceptable if this is like a single use guess what we bought this we did this you take this home you take the doll home with you <laughs> now so if you ordered a to-go um, beef carpaccio dish and this is how it showed up at your house that would be amazing <laughs> uh, would it be more acceptable if you got the doll to keep you can't get it clean enough at home either so no they're just giving you homework now <laughs> yeah well I'm just saying you know because then it would be brand new every time but even that is like I, it's not Barbies are not food safe out yeah. of the package yeah. so I don't think it's you it's know got it's got like shop dust and adhesives and paint on it like nah I mean if they put put the hair like that they grabbed it by the hair and they dunked it in sanitizer and then clothes pinned her up by her hair to dry and then wrapped her in meat and then you get to take her home. Yeah, I mean, that's about as close to being safe as you can get. It still squigs me out. But having said that, the like ghoulish dude part of me is like, hell yeah, serve me a bunch of raw meat on a Barbie. I'm in for that. I would love it as well. If so, this is like uh, she's standing on a... um. Uh, a plate or sitting on a plate perhaps when the, and the meat is like a skirt and yeah. kind of like a toga kind of a thing going on. So I'd love it as after you, as you're eating this and you're slowly undressing her, she's got like Ken's bottom half. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you're, Ooh, and then you're what, what, what's big going on? Beefy legs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's got big beefy stuff or something. All right. I, 
I think we both skipped to the next one at the same time. We both cocked our heads, <laughs> and we were both very confused. Yeah. Three kinds of foie gras served on an iPad. And the iPad is on and shows... A... What is What is it showing? A seaweed circle? I don't know. Some sort of witches... Is it a kaleidoscope picture of, like, looking up through some trees? Yeah, perhaps. Also, that uh, look, I mean, surely there's a glass over the whatever the screen is right you, you would hope but i do not know and uh i would never eat anything off of an ipad i take my phone into my bathroom every day i'm sure ipad people do the same thing it's there's no yeah, again you're not running it through the dish machine there's no way to get it clean enough no thank you yeah also like what if i crack that screen while i'm eating this foie gras like i don't want to be liable yeah. for that no i don't think apple care covers that no shawarma on a bicycle this one doesn't bother me too much i surely the little one's an actually actually a candle holder don't you think yeah that's what it looks like but i mean that's got the the uh like a tatsiki or something kind of a sauce in it the shawarma is wrapped in paper which is in like the rear basket of the bicycle that's actually kind of cute and it's a trike it's fairly sturdy looking like it's not going to fall over yeah, and and it uh, looks like that's made for. I mean, it's uh, it's got the wire basket part on the bot on the back, so it's made to hold something. And that appears to be what do you call those? Uh, just a little ramekin inside yeah. the the bike, the the smaller bike. So that comes out and gets washed. Yeah. Without having to wash the whole bike. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. If you have a bike themed restaurant. Yeah, this, do- place. this doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's it's fairly cute. It's a little weird. I wonder how you store those, cause, like just functionally. There's nothing dangerous about it, but those you're not stacking them. So in the back, that must be a disaster of all these tiny yeah. little bikes. But no, that's that's cute enough. That doesn't bother me. And you're not you th- you're not cutting into shawarma like you're just eating it. It's wrapped up in a in a big pita thing. So it's it is hand food. So it's not like you're giving somebody something to do that's trickier because of the way you're serving it. Yeah. Do you think their sign says, try our shawarma? Shawarma. <laughs> Love it. Next is a big no thank you for me. <laughs> I have to take a second with this one, Steve. So we're looking at three different bread services. Like you go to a restaurant and they put warm bread down on your table. Except these are in house shoes. They're in slippers. Yeah. Fuck all of that. No thank you. <laughs> No, yeah. And it appears nope. to be three different restaurants. This is happening it a sure lot. It sure does. No thank you at all. And at least two different kinds, though very similar um, slippers, because the one has an extra little uh, frill on around the uh, foothole. Now, I... <laughs> I don't know what the opening on a shoe is called. It's probably not a foothole, but I love that. <laughs> what else would it be? I, I don't. um i don't wear slippers either i don't wear house shoes like i'm in socks or i'm barefoot inside the house that's pretty much it i don't know why you would have special shoes just for inside the house don't get me wrong everybody else who lives in my house wears slippers i i I associate slippers with being extremely old and like shuffling around a retirement community i'm not to that spot yet but i'm certainly not putting bread into the foothole of a slipper and putting it on a table yeah See, I associate slippers with keeping my feet warm or attempting to in this house. Um, But I've taken to, I just have an old pair of shoes that I wear instead. Um, Because the slippers, it's hard to get a good pair of slippers that that last for long. Because 
and I don't know if this is the same for the bread. If, if the bread's like, ah, if I'm in the slipper too long, I'm sweating. But if I'm out of the slipper, I'm cold. Um, so, uh, yeah, I will get you the, um, brand of this, uh, Chewbacca skin. Um, and I don't <laughs> believe they make slippers, but you never know. Slippers. The... What, so what could your theme at your restaurant possibly be that you think to yourself one day, we're going to serve bread in a slipper. And that's going I... to, that's going to match our aesthetic. That's going to Is... be a good match for us. Is it supposed to be cozy? Is it supposed to be? Because you know what the 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 bicycles. I think especially if it's fitting with the theme of your restaurant is cute. The Barbie I think is hysterical. Um, the stairs I don't know. The chair I don't know. But but there's some like if there's if your restaurant is themed in such a way, or if you're having if there's some sort of food pun that you're playing with it, fine. But I don't know with the, with the slipper because it would also be different to me if it was like somehow. If they had it uh, on a special thing where where it was the keeping the bread inside it to keep it warm, um, but then just make a thing for that. Yeah, don't don't use a shoe. <laughs> and we're back to cleanliness. Like, yes, these either have what appear to be paper napkins, or one of them seems to have like a cloth wrapped around the bread, which is then between the bread and the slipper. You're not getting, like, once that hits the table, you have to assume that bread is getting all over those slippers. There's no good way to clean them. There is no good way to clean those things. You can't just, like, brush that off. That's not how that works. Yeah. And they're coming in now, contact, potentially, with everything else at the table. If this was a Dutch restaurant and those were wooden. There you go. And they were, you know, finished in such a way that they could be washed, fine. But, but this, this, they're, they're, they're felt. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, um, gators. What do they call them? Uh, Crocs. Yeah. Crocs. Gators. So, the other day I was driving to work and I was reminded that I had woken up from a dream because what I do when I drive to work is I try to proactively solve all the problems that are going to happen that day. So I go through <laughs> in my head, like, what are my caterings for today? What day of the week is it? What deliveries am I getting? Things like that. I try to uh, it's it's like weaponizing pessimism, right? So I'm like, what can go wrong today? How do I fix it right now at 4.45 in my car, right? However, sometimes, I don't know why, but my brain will just go, hey, remember this dream you had? And I, it must have been Tuesday. I had had a dream that night that I opened up a restaurant in a college town, like in Ann Arbor, like a Lansing, right, like a Madison. And the restaurant was called Jammies. And it was called Jammies because it was all comfort food. It was open three meals, right? It was open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was all comfort food. It was all Midwest comfort food. And all the servers and, and front of the house managers and such were required to wear pajamas. That was the uniform, right? Not like sexy college kid pajamas, but like fucking flannel ass pajamas, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even at a restaurant like that, I'm not serving table bread in a fucking slipper. No, no. way. This Having comes said to the table. all of this stuff out loud, though, I would totally go to a place called Jammies. Yeah, Jammies, I, I think, is a solid concept. Um, this comes to the table, and you're just – the servers have to hate this place because the amount of questions that I would have in terms of did you run out of bread plates? Yeah. Did yeah. you not have a basket? Um, you know, there's lots of questions that I would have in terms of why is, why is this an issue? Um that arrives at my table before the server has a chance to leave. I take all the bread out. I sniff the the uh, slipper, 
and no matter what it smells like, I hand it back to the server, and I'm like, fuck off, I'm not eating any of this. This has yeah. already had somebody's foot in it, I'm not eating any of this bread. Yeah. And it's not the server's fault, but I have to direct my ire at somebody. Yep, that's, not that's gonna gross. do it. That's gross. Um, and next is... Uh... <sighs> These are boba teas served in giant glass light bulbs yeah so dangerous can't set it down because it'll fall over i'm gonna say very dumb well and maybe they're plastic um but still the way they're holding them looks like you're about ready to chuck a grenade and i don't know (laughs) if someone gave this to me I, i don't know how i could not just throw it it just looks so throwable there's if you're at a festival and you're right this is plastic if you're at a festival and this is plastic and you're holding it and you're walking around and you're drinking this and the idea is that you're likely not going to need to set it down fine but otherwise this is a a a beverage container that requires some other apparatus to be able to set it down because the bottom's round yeah it's a fucking upside down light bulb which i just learned recently are called lamps and a lamp is called a luminaire in like architectural terms and electrical electrician terms. Uh. I didn't know that. Like well, when I you replace that... a light bulb, you're replacing the lamp. Yes, I knew that for theater, but then it, it wouldn't be a luminaire; it'd be the uh, an instrument. Huh. Um, but uh, and then also headlamp. You get new headlamps for your car. Right. But luminaire, I did not know. So yeah, no these these I disapprove of totally. Like anything else where. A glass is designed to hold a liquid. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. They fucked it's, with it. They did. I mean, imagine if these were balls. To carry them around, you'd need some sort of ball sack. Uh-huh. Um, or it's just, you know, they're just going to roll and, and dump their contents everywhere. These had to have been custom made, too. This was someone's full-ass idea. They had an idea, and they got somebody to make a thing for them. Or or this is not their intended use. Like, the, these, <laughs> these exist for some other reason. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it at all. And it's weird that they're upside down because the longer I look at it, the less it looks like a light bulb and the more it looks like something that's melting or like a water balloon that you're filling at the tap. Right, right. What again, just makes me want to throw it. Yeah. The the kindest thing I could say is that it's a glass gourd. Yeah. But even then you can't drink out of that because it's going to, you set it down, it's going to fall over. Yep. So you get, just got to make a birdhouse or something out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next is uh, Kirstielli's last meal. <laughs> this is a giant brandy snifter that's got a bunch of fries at the bottom of it and then three, two or three sliders jammed in it with... More what the heck French is that on fries? top? I don't know. Cheese fries on top? No, I want cheese fries, actually. Yeah, possibly so the way it's built because the glass starts to contract at the top getting anything out of there you have to eat the top fries first you're not hungry for sliders after you've eaten that and then getting the sliders back out you're gonna have sauce from the other slider all over the back of your hand it's this thing like why do you make it more difficult to eat the food yeah this doesn't 
uh, it's not completely unappetizing in that you can see everything, but but looking at it, I'm the same one. Like this is so much work. Yeah, this is, and I'm gonna be so this gross. Is a slider and French fry terrarium. This is there to grow <laughs> moss and have like little figurines and shit in it. Yeah, this is a this is some kind of ex- experiment. I don't know. Like maybe I can. It is eat pinchos. P i n c h o s. Um, is there on the? Uh, yeah napkin so maybe if this place still exists or actually exists then uh, they still create this thing but it's and then as far as we can tell from this photo that napkin and that tiny fork is all they give you to fish this out of and put anything on <laughs> right they so you, you just have to eat as you go fork and a cocktail napkin i don't need them to tell me what order to eat things in yeah. and this this like i have to start at the top and eat my way down because <laughs> there's nothing for me to dump it on yeah that's wild that feels insulting too, but not insulting like the shoes are. The shoes feel insulting like, hey, dummy, you're going to eat out of this. This feels insulting like somebody went out of their way to make it harder. I'd be like, oh, you want – you know what? Th- those might be chicken – like curry chicken skewers. Oh, on the, oh, you're right, I think, because there is a stick. Yeah, this this looks like – like the server is going to put it down and go, you want those sweet potato fries? Fuck you. You have to eat everything else first. That's you the think- insulting way. Do you think this was uh, listed on the menu under unappetizers? <laughs> now you're on to something. <laughs> oh, what the hell am I looking at in this next one? It says deconstructed Greek salad, but my question is, how drunk were they? Okay. This one's going to take a minute. So this is a plate. This is a plate that has a half a grilled lemon on it. Five or six pieces of diced feta, a shot glass that has what appears to be olive oil and I believe probably white vinegar, they're separated, and an upside down cordial glass. The cordial glass inside of it has what appears to be yellow peppers, cucumbers, and tomatoes, and then on the top of the top of the upside down cordial glass, on the base of the glass itself, are thinly sliced onions. I presume the idea here is you lift the glass up, the cucumbers and tomatoes and and peppers spill out, and then you pour the onions onto it, and then how are you making a vinaigrette out of a grilled lemon half and a shot glass that has olive oil and vinegar in it? I don't understand. I guess you just dump and squirt. Why are you (laughs) getting... That's what the restaurant's called. Uh, why are you giving your customers so much more work to do? Also, there's no lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I, I mean, I, I don't know what a Greek salad is supposed to be exactly, but yes, there is no lettuce. And also, um, again, I, I don't know if I've ever had a Greek salad. I don't know proportionally what's supposed to be going on, but it looks like to me, this is an onion salad. Yes. Because there's so much onion up there that, um, I mean, and and maybe this is fun. Is this supposed to be fun? I don't know. Well, it's not fun for anybody at the table who's not eating onions. Yeah. Also, also, can you imagine as a server carrying this plate? That would be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, when we were talking about things being becoming un, uh, unbalanced, um, this is a this is a hot mess. Like, why would you try to make the the cordial glass a little top heavy there with the onion pile? <laughs> so when when you hire a new uh, pantry cook, right? Who this is their first or second job? 
they're super excited. They've read like Harold McGee. They've read Escoffier. They've read like all the back issues of Food and Wine, and they're on the salad station. And you start training them, and they're like, "Chef, I've got an idea." You tell them to, to just keep doing the job you told them to do. You let them have ideas after like six or eight months. This is the kind of shit that one of those guys does as a special where he's had like 22 espressos and comes in with this (laughs) bonkers fever dream of an idea and it gets plated like here's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that got plated by that guy and he took a picture of it and the chef was like fuck no what are you talking about we're not giving our guests this much work to do and also no staff member that we have in the front of the house has hands steady enough to carry this don't you know they're all on coke they cannot carry this plate out to the table without dumping it everywhere. Um, do you watch Only Murders in the Building? I have not. I really should. Is that Apple TV? Uh, or is it Hulu? Uh, it, might, I, it is Hulu. Okay. I don't have that, but I could. Um, it is It is brilliant. But so the, we're, the, we just finished the third season. So third season, um, Martin Short's character is, is directing uh, – he's a – a director on Broadway. So he's directing this, this play and, um, the, um, um, main character who, who was, um, Ant-Man, uh, Judd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. Um, it was his lead and, and he's, he's murdered. Ah. Um, that's not giving anything away. It happens in the first episode, but anyway, um, someone makes a phone call. Matthew Broderick shows up and is going to, play actually he's gonna play steve martin's role um but anyway uh um he's having trouble because matthew broderick's like yeah we need we need to rehearse again i've been rehearsing all night he's like we just need to do it one more time you didn't tell me that the cop is from um it's takes place in canada somewhere like nova scotia he's like how does a nova scotian cop walk he's like i gotta get this figured out (laughs) and um then it cuts to uh, martin short's character calling mel brooks and he's like mel what, how, how did you, did you find it easy to work with Matthew? He's on FaceTime. And I was like, you didn't say that you were open to his ideas, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Martin Short goes, yes. And Mel Brooks goes, oh, you're fucked and hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I feel like that's what happened here. Someone's told, someone's like, yeah, I'm open to your ideas. And this is what I ended up with. Yeah. And they didn't have Mel Brooks there to say, oh, you're fucked. So. It's a balance, right? When you're the chef, when your staff has ideas, you want them to come with you up, come come to you with ideas, right? That's what you want. You want them to be thinking, you want them to be invested, you want them to think that part of the operation is theirs because it is, right? And you want to make sure that your staff knows you are listening to them. But you do not have to take all of their recommendations. No way. And it's they may have great ideas and they probably do have great ideas. What they don't have is they don't have the chef's view of the entire operation, right? So like maybe to a cook, this looks awesome, right? However, the cook isn't thinking about how the hell do I get this out to the table and how the hell does the customer actually eat the thing, right? They're thinking I made this thing where all the componentry is in the right place and it looks great. Well, fine, but there are all these other considerations, and that happens all the time. You come to the chef with this idea that you want to do this dish, and it's got ostrich on it. The chef's like, "We, great, this dish sounds awesome at the restaurant that you go work at next where they can afford to bring an ostrich, you know, like that sort of thing, right? So it's there's there tends to always be one or two pieces of like, yes, all of your ideas are great, but you don't have this piece of information that means this ain't going to work here. Yeah. Like this dish. Well, I mean, I imagine that part of the reason you want the input is because you don't want to get stuck in a rut, 
like yeah. all yeah. you know you want to keep this stuff coming at you to you know so you can have stuff to think about but yeah it's like thinking outside of the box is one thing but thinking outside of the box in terms of let's serve things on a cardboard box yeah. not you know that's not the right kind of outside the box well and the humility portion of that which so many chefs don't get is that your staff sees stuff that you don't see right and it's a it's a more granular thing right so like if a, if a staff member comes to me in my current job and it's like i really have way too much broccoli we got to move this broccoli somehow can i change the soup today from the potato and roasted garlic to a cream of broccoli that's the kind of thing i want my staff coming to me with because do i know that they ha are sitting way heavy on broccoli not necessarily right do they know year over year our budget had to increase by eight percent and we're still over that no they don't know that part so like the chefs can get caught up with this oh i know everything i see everything i i've got eyes on everything and we don't we happen to know more we happen to have a broader view but things will get lost in that broader view as well and so that's where you want to make sure your staff is invested no way is this plate utilization of product <laughs> <laughs> cook didn't come to the chef and go okay i'm sorry we have so many upside down uh, cordial glasses we've got to do something with these things not what happened here chef. this is a vanity project Chef, stick with me. There's this guy in the parking lot, has a semi truck full of prosciutto and another semi truck full of Barbie dolls. Oh, Barbies. And we can get them for a really good price. Oh, Tim, why do you always have a Barbie guy? Look, everybody's got to have a guy for something. My guy's a Barbie guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the next one is utilization of product? Ew. Am I looking at a tiny, tiny latte in a hollowed out carrot? Yes, that's what it appears. Uh, you know what this is, Steve? And I generally, these days, try not to make sweeping generalizations like this, but I'm going to right now. This is some fucking vegan restaurant. That's like an <laughs> oat milk latte in a hollowed out giant carrot. And yeah. boy, that better be single serve. You're not taking that carrot back and running it through the dish machine either. That person better be required to eat that carrot. No. And what do you do with the carrot that you, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you stuck the carrot on a lathe to get that out of the middle. I don't, you had a, you had an auger bit on a drill of some kind and you've have a bunch Something. of carrot yeah. dust in the back somewhere. Man, the poor, the poor staff member who has to hollow out these, what, two inch tall slices of carrot. That's got to be the least rewarding work of your entire career. Like, you go home every day and you're just like, am I the hollowing out the carrot guy? Is that my job now? It, it Does carrot go with coffee? Is that a... No. Is that a flavor combination we've been yearning for? Maybe this is a different... Like, not just coffee coffee. Maybe this is some sort of... Is this carrot coffee? I don't know. Like, I like carrot juice. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with carrot juice, but I've never like been like, you know, it would go great with this coffee. Nah. Um, and that carrot looks a tad dry uh -huh. on the outside, which maybe, maybe hollowing out carrots is easier when they're dry. Um, <sighs> the dopio is be... the one that made it. <laughs> carrots got to be two inches across. So that's a big carrot like that's a big ass carrot like in its life uh it's not well tasty. we shouldn't after last week or we cannot talk about ass carrots ben <laughs> that's true that's true yeah maybe this is a picture from that french place <laughs> this is... so that yeah this is just why 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 
Now, in this next picture, what in the hell am I looking at? Uh, <laughs> uh is that a piece of culvert? It's well, it's marble, so I would say no. It's it's um, I don't know what that's got to it's. It's an arch be, of marble. That thing, yeah. So that thing is easy, six inches tall. It's got to be three inches thick, and as an arch, it's got to be two feet wide. That thing weighs ninety pounds. What is on top of it? Because it looks like a pop tart. I think it's. I think it is a some kind of taco that they've made flat. Um, shell the shell flat. I don't know if it has a bottom or not. Boy, but maybe overthought. Yeah. And it, I mean, it looks like this is also in. A, I mean, hopefully this is just for a photo shoot because uh, that that it um, the the decor. It's not even. You wouldn't. Why put a giant piece of marble on your fake wood table with your? Yeah, I um, mean, based on the tables and chairs, it looks like the breakfast nook at a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. I do. I truly do not know what I'm looking at, but I hate it. Yeah. Ditto. They said presentation 100, content zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next the, one I cannot see. Me either, but it's from. Do you see where it's from? Is we want plates? Didn't yeah. weren't you talking about we want plates? Yep. And they've gone dark, so that was from their Twitter. So it's probably just not there. So I don't know. Um, um and next is ugh. okay so the next one steve is what appears to be a drawer that someone has taken the bottom off of and it was sectioned out and they've turned it up on its side and this is tea service this is for high tea this i don't mind in the slightest because it's lacquered wood it appears to be very sturdy and safe and there's sandwiches on top there are jars with like jams or cookies or something in them i yeah. can't really tell there's scones scones yep. yeah this i am not bothered by this at all this looks like they probably reclaimed something you know uh awesome i don't mind this in the slightest i wouldn't mind maybe some paper under the pastries and the Fair. sandwiches but Fair. uh but yeah um the picture is just a little busy with everything going on. Do you have you do you typically have wine at high tea as well? I think yeah, like champagne is classic. I think or like a like oh a sweet, okay like a oh, crap. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a cordial maybe. This looks like a lot. If that's champagne, that's a lot. That's a big glass. But I mean, they've got mismatched tea service kind of stuff. Like it looks yeah. kitschy. Like maybe this is also a, a library themed tea service sort of a deal. I, I don't mind this that much. Yeah. And and with the handle like that, hopefully screwed on very very nicely, then easily to easy to carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one's cute. Next is the answer to our light bulb ah, question. I think. Yes. This is a tiny tiny. Uh, flamingo what do you even call the pool floaty thing that goes around your waist yeah inner tube that a light bulb drink can sit in and this again yeah it's at some sort of a street festival yeah the uh the person behind the person with the flamingo also has a blue light bulb but um no 
um, no flamingo for her. So I don't know if this person is just ingenious here with the uh, with the flamingo, or uh, but that's that would be the way to be able to set it down. Yeah, still bothers me. The next is just a picture of a subway sandwich. So yeah, with a lot of pickles in it. Yay. Yeah. What the hell is this thing? Um, is that a bagel? Over tomato soup? Yeah, super cheesy bagel sandwich over, like, but suspended on, like, a hook over a bowl of soup. Again, why make it difficult for your customers to eat the food? Yeah. This is your thing. This, Steve, is your thing, because this is not only Instagram food. This is a screenshot of a post on Instagram by Clinton yeah. Hall, New York, whatever this place is. They did this for the gram. This is entirely just to be like look at our goofy ass thing the utility of this doesn't exist you cannot eat this successfully better than you could have if it was just on a plate and it doesn't look like they even tried to get the hook through the hole it looks like they intentionally jabbed that through the side of the bagel it it does i think it's to show how like melty and whatever the cheese is on the inside i think that part was intentional it's still very dumb do I mean, not at least... serve me a soup that has a grilled cheese sandwich suspended over it unless we're in space. <laughs> if we're in space and you serve me soup and the sandwich is just floating there because you let go of it and it's floating, there's no gravity, fine. That's not your fault. Ben, that bagel is going to be there until it confesses that it's a witch. <laughs> right. Every time it denies it, it gets dunked in the soup. Man. This, though, like, jammies would have... An amazing grilled cheese sandwich on like a brioche with a ton of butter and it would have like three different kinds of cheese in it and it would have the best tomato soup you could possibly get, but it would not be served like this. Yeah, what what is, is this, um, I can't really see the, th- uh, the thing. So the wooden part is part of the hook. Is this just a banana hook? What is this yeah, thing? Yeah, it's pretty much what it looks like. Okay. It looks like a wooden base that the bowl is sitting on that has a metal hook that extends up about, what, six or eight inches? Yeah. And is dumb for all of those inches? I mean, at least they're not serving anything on the wood part, which you yeah. might not be able to get clean. Um, so the metal you can probably get clean. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, I, uh, it is. It's for It's for the gram, and that's it. Yep. Just out of curiosity, but it's not really about what we're talking about today. What do you think of this next one? Um, I mean, you dirtied a plate for no reason, but I, I don't, th- I'm not against it otherwise. So I read this book uh, about hospitality recently. That now I forget the name of it. Something like unreasonable hospitality, maybe. Where this is the kind of thing you do because it's tremendously memorable and because it doesn't take that much time out of your day and nobody's expecting it at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm looking at is an oval platter that has sprinkles and a little bit of, uh, like, a cannelle of whipped cream and, like, a drizzle of, uh, of what looks to be, like, a caramel sauce. And then someone has taken writing chocolate and wrote nothing on the plate because whoever it was who was at this table said they wanted nothing for dessert. Yeah. This is the kind of touch... Let's say the four of us, you and your wife and me and my wife are out for dinner. And you and I and your wife decide we're getting dessert. And my wife says, I don't want anything for dessert. And she gets this. She's not supposed to eat it. It is just a restaurant saying, we're not going to leave you out. Everybody else is getting something. You're going to get something as well. That kind of touch 
is so powerful. And so many restaurant operators don't understand that. This took no time at all to put together. This is hilarious. Not only is the person who received it going to remember this forever, the staff probably thought that was cool. They probably had yeah. a bit of fun with that. Yeah. This actually does seem fun versus that Greek salad, which there doesn't seem to be any fun (laughs) in that. Like, the Greek salad comes out, I'm not touching it, which is, I guess, similar to this. I don't need to touch this, but uh, this, yeah, is is fun for sure. The Greek salad comes out, and I send it back because I say, I'm paying for you to put a salad together for me, not to give me the ingredients and give me homework. (laughs) 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 Yes, homework, great, I love it. Yes, I don't want homework when I go out to eat. Yeah. This is just a translation issue. Or somebody set this up on purpose just to make this pun, which is it's a cup of coffee on a plate with a napkin and a spoon and a plastic ramekin with three bay leaves in it. And the caption is, ordered a cup of coffee with bay leaves, being the Irish cream liqueur. Uh, That's funny enough, I guess. Yeah. But I can't imagine that anybody actually misunderstood somebody saying coffee with bay leaves and thinking that they really meant coffee with bay leaves. Right. Well, even if they heard that, uh, like I'm trying to imagine the place where that would happen, and I can't think of anywhere yeah. they'd be, uh, you know, where you'd be ordering coffee, where they would make that, where they would have bay leaves, yeah, to be able yeah. to make that um, that happen. So, if I was running a diner and I had a regular who, like, if and I could mess with somebody about something like that, I would do that. But nah. That, that looks staged. Yeah. And they should have mopped up the water from the purple counter behind the cup. Right, right. Oh, this We Want plates showed up. Pickles inside of a Russian nesting doll on a chopping board. It appears to be a hoagie roll with like a sausage in it. Yeah. And some sauerkraut or something yeah but it is a cutting board and it is a russian nesting doll with like a whole ass pickle sticking out of it yeah pickles are pretty phallic something about this being in half of a doll makes it that much more rapey yeah it it uh it does look wrong it looks wrong very wrong that gives me the heebies and the jeebies they took some time with those red splotches in the back as well yeah to get those uh in that yikes uh okay we have another we want plates all right fries in a tiny trash can but this tiny trash can is intended to serve things in yep that it does look like a service vessel although again just like that restaurant you talked about last week the japanese toilet soup restaurant i don't need you to visually say to me our fries are garbage why why are you doing that (laughs) people eat with their eyes first why would you put your food in a garbage can at the table that's rude to yourself you're being rude to yourself there's also a gravy boat with peas in this picture i don't understand that at all. yeah I, was, I saw that too and someone is also eating maybe they're putting it on something but it looks like they're eating a small salad with their fingers with their hands, yeah um so lots lots going on here um yeah i don't know like i i think the tiny garbage can is cute i don't know what i would serve in it and also like what theme would your restaurant be if this is what you're doing there's that one restaurant here in town that's based on either camping or it's a trailer park thing or something like this where it's inside but it's designed to look like it's outside maybe that but even then 
Nah. Or if you're like, so like blue collar, your yeah. restaurant's called blue collar and you're saluting blue collar. But, th- but then it's like, okay, so I want you to put the gravy in this or I want something I'm pouring out of it or maybe ice cream, a cup, two scoops of ice cream. Or you're serving a drink, right? Like your Long Island iced tea that's just got like yeah. a shot of everything in it. If you have a drink called the garbage can and it's just like nine different shots of liquor with a splash of Coke. Okay. Yeah. Serve it in a garbage can. And then they can throw up right back into that garbage can when they're <laughs> two two birds, one stone. Wow! See, this is another one. The very next one, it appears to be, I don't know, all the componentry of a full English breakfast. Right? There's beans, there's sausage, there's potatoes, and it's in a dog bowl. No. And no utensils in the picture, but it's fairly tightly cropped. So yeah, I'm no, no, thank you. I'm nope. also not a dog guy, so that's a thing for me. But, like, you cannot convince me this was not used by a dog at some point. Yeah. And at that point, it's never going to be clean enough for me. I have two dogs, and I'm not going to eat anything out of their bowls. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Uh, um, the next one is just a pizza that's got a bajillion pieces of pepperoni on it. I'm kind of here for that. Yeah, I don't. There's, I don't think see anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, this looks great. I don't need a plate for this at all. I'm just gonna eat this. Uh, there's another one that we can't see. That's okay. And then there's a uh, like th- this one. So there are some that are. Well, this is also difficult to drink from. Yeah, I mean, this is a cocktail that's in a tiny, tiny bird cage, or possibly a trap from one of the Saw movies. <laughs> yes. But for me, this is like, okay, now you're just adding work to your servers. Yeah. Like, why, or your bartender, whoever has to put the drink in the, in here, why? Yeah. And it looks like they can easily remove the pin and get it out, possibly. But, um, and it says a yellow canary. Is that a drink I should know? A, a mixed drink? I don't know. I do not. Um, again, um, and I, okay, we, we've burned so much time on these. <laughs> um that uh as i say we can get to maybe some of the mixology stuff that we hadn't talked about but um i'm not a mixologist but um why because there's so many cool things you can do that don't require the props yeah a yellow canary is rum cointreau galliano and lime juice sounds delicious to be honest but i don't know that i necessarily want to have it in a birdcage also the table must be huge because this is taking up a lot of space. Yes. Yes, it is. You always have to be conscious, ladies and gentlemen, of how much real estate each of your items is taking up on a table, right? Because tables are never empty. Tables always have salt, pepper, menus, you know, water glasses, all this other stuff on there. And if you've got, you know, a diving bell-sized cage that goes around your drink, that's taking <laughs> yeah. up a lot of real estate on the table. And you know what happens the next day is the the chef owner says, you know what? Um, they say the wait's too long, so we need more tables in here. So we're going to cut all these tables in half yeah. and uh, have twice as many tables. And now you have half the space to put this giant cage thing on the table. So your customer has to always either have their food or, or the cage in a hand because they can't put it on the table. Yeah, it's just, it's just too much. Now, having one like this up front at the bar. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want one of these? This is our special or whatever. Great. Love it. But serving it like this just seems too encumbered. But you're not wrong. I mean, it was it's it's thematic in as much as it's called a yellow canary and 
it's a birdcage. So I get that part, but you're right. Boy, there's a lot. There, are, so you've doubled the work. So there's extra steps on the part of the bartender, and there's extra steps on the part of the customer. Yeah. Because the other thing is that it would be a very classy display, but they had to put a fucking crazy straw in it to be able to get the customer <laughs> to the drink. Yeah. Automatically, it's like, wait, is this at a McDonald's play place? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, and you're not making friends with Dishy. Right. This way. Right. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, the I, next one says ice cream sandwich at McDonald's and it's soft serve inside of a bun. That feels staged as well. I agree. The next one is, is this an Excalibur restaurant? Like, is that supposed to be the sword in the stone? I don't know. This says sword burger. It is pretty much what it sounds like. It's about a 16 or 18 inch tall apparatus. It's a piece of bent metal with that attaches to a cutting board on the bottom that holds a sword that's got onion rings and it's got a burger that has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten burger patties with cheese in between all of them and fries underneath um this is stupid yeah i mean and this is something so this in front of this kid but this is something that you know um you me and the rest of the fraternity go and order and share it's not like that's it's it's a waste of food, which is the saddest part because yeah. there's no one, sh- even if they can, they shouldn't be eating that many hamburger patties, and those aren't f- necessarily full size, but they're not sliders; they're bigger than slider patties. Right. No, those those um, are six ounce patties. So that's just way, way, way too much. Um, this is for, why the rest of the world hates us. Yeah, absolutely. It's not for our freedom. It's because of these sword burgers. Uh, cocktail served in a mini bathtub. What a cutie. Ah, Steve, I gotta say, I don't hate this one. It's also on a tray. If you spill it a little bit, it's not a big deal. There is an ice cube that has star anise frozen into it. That's very cute. Um, I'm hoping that that metal bar there is a straw, so you don't have to actually pick up the tiny bathtub. That's my assumption. Yeah, I don't know what, it doesn't say what it is. I'm assuming this is, I mean, this is... If that's a miniature bathtub for like a dollhouse sort of a situation, then that's not much more than a shot, right? That's maybe uh, two shots. Yeah, maybe two. At at most. Honestly, of whatever you know what this, this looks is. like to me. This looks like the kind of a drink you get after you've had a number of spa treatment kind of things at a spa hotel, <laughs> and you're in the like relaxation room with the cucumbers oh, yeah. on your eyes. Because it's also on a little tray. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I love that. Yep, that's this, great. I don't drink anymore, but I love this. Yeah, that looks... And it's a lot easier to clean than a birdcage. Right, right. What the hell am I looking at in this next one? I I hope this isn't how this was intended to be, but these idiots did it themselves because it looks like... I mean, is that... That can't just... Is that just on the tablecloth? Yeah. The, the table behind them... On the tablecloth. The table behind them doesn't have a tablecloth. No... So I don't know. I don't don't know. It's disgusting, though. Just based on this mom's haircut, I'm going to guess she brought the tablecloth because her kids eat directly off of the table with no plates at home. And she's going to make the the restaurant do extra work to clean this stuff up. Because I can see that there is a plate on the table that has been yeah. apparently scraped clean, probably also onto the tablecloth. These she, kids are going to grow up to be devils. Murderers, I was about to say. But yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. No gracias. No food directly on tables. Oh, 
It was brought to my attention that another thing in relation to our last episode that needs to go away is the butter candle. Have you heard about this? No. It is butter in a candle, like a jar kind of a thing, with one of those wide wooden wicks. Looks kind of like a tongue depressor. And what you do is you light that wick and it warms the butter up and then you dip stuff into that butter. I agree that's also terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Is it also then burning the butter? Because wicks draw the wax. I don't know the answer to that. Because that's like a... An old, like, fat lamp, like fat oil lamp, whale oil or something. Uh, I can't imagine that's good to breathe. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how you get that butter cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Butter's a known carcinogen. Yeah, if you're lighting it on fire and, and breathing it. Um, oh, man, the next one's all served on fucking tennis rackets. There's so much wrong with what's going on there. Um, wow. It is. Uh, this is another tea sandwich kind of a service thing, right? So this is the opposite of what we saw before. So this is a tea service. There are tiny sandwiches. There are little dessert kind of things. There is one thing that's in a ramekin, which is fine. It looks like a whipped butter or something like that. A little fruit in it. Maybe it's uh, clotted cream. But then you've got the, everything's being served on tennis rackets, which is awful. And uh, then there are tennis balls that have had a hole cut in them with what appears to be tiny jars of, or not jars but like tiny bottles of like sparkling water or something with a lemon slice on top of it but like again you're immediately jostling that handle and you're knocking all that shit on the ground yeah and that's before you even realize that your sandwiches are just in contact with tennis racket strings yeah cat cut yeah there's nothing but in between them probably nylon and um yeah, just I also can I the, the whatever the fruit thing is, the one looks like raspberry to me, the other looks like pomegranate seeds. Yeah. Um the, I hate those glasses because I'm terrified of them. Oh, the the very very thin glass double wall like yeah. 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 They are um, very very delicate. Um so I'm not I'm not a big fan of those. And none of this looks appetizing. Right. No, this is also like not great tea service. Yeah, you know what to make it classy is we had a uh, macaron. Macaroon? <laughs> macaron. Macaron? Macaron. Whatever. Yeah. Not Macron. That's the president of France. <laughs> uh, and finally, your barbed wire. I don't understand how this is possibly true, but it says it is beef wellington. I, I don't know either. Um, don't serve anything on barbed wire in a restaurant. What the fuck's wrong with you people? That's the simple yeah. answer to that. Yes. Because if it is thematically appropriate and you're in Texas and you're at a barbecue place, it's still a bad idea. And if you're in Texas at a barbecue place serving stuff on barbed wire, it's not going to be Beef Wellington. No. Even if that's what it is, this is some sort of weird deconstructed or uh, um, miniature Beef Wellington. I I don't know how it could possibly be Beef Wellington. But, um, uh, I mean, unless this is your way of telling people there are poisonous mushrooms in this Beef Wellington, (laughs) why did you eat off the barbed wire, you idiot? Um, but also this to me looks like this, the barbed wire thing is a priceless sculpture of some kind Uh, that a bumbling fool has stolen and has run into a restaurant. And this was their way of hiding it from the police who followed them in (laughs) was to pretend to be a waiter and, uh, throw food on it and serve somebody food from it. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't need any of that. 
Especially, I mean, I really hope that if this is how it came, there were a lot more pieces on a lot more of the barbs because there's only two left. So not worth it for two tiny pieces of whatever this is. It looks to me like banana bread with like frosting and something else on it. But, you know, little barely bite size. Um, But uh, yeah, that was our jaunt through... 30, 33 times when food presentations went a little over. Speaking of, I do want to touch on this. You just sent me this today. Uh, going a little overboard. How about uh, a drink with ice from a glacier in it? Yes, let's talk about that for sure. There was that. And what was the other thing? I, oh, so let's do let's do the pig jeans and soybeans on the next episode. We're not going to have time for that today. Yes. But I did just send you this. I don't know where this came across my, my social feeds or whatever it was. But this has been going on now since 2022. Greenland startup begins shipping glacier ice to cocktail bars in the United Arab Emirates. And so I saw this as part of a conversation online. Somebody wrote, bro, they're selling pieces of the melting glaciers to cocktail bars. So that right there is offensive in like the excess of the wealthy kind of a thing. The comment following that was someone drinking a cocktail at a gaudy Dubai bar infected with an ancient parasite trapped in the glacial ice is definitely how our species ends. That was the part that struck me as being uh, probably the most salient. Yeah. Because if you go to the article, uh, Greenland startup begins shipping glacier ice to Dubai bars. They talk about some things that I feel are are very either wrong or unprovable, as in the pitch. Part of the ice sheet being sold has, it claims, the, the startup claims, never been in contact with soil or human contaminants, making it the cleanest water on Earth, with the added bonus of melting slower than typical mineral water ice. Either that stuff is wrong or it's very difficult to prove. I think it's 100% wrong because... Um the the um when we went on the cruise up to alaska he, the the one of the things the they had like a um geologist or somebody some science guy of some kind uh, on the bridge uh, on the pa system as we were getting there you know going out to it and then talking about the glacier a little bit um and uh one of the things that that he mentioned that we should notice is the color of the water was a little bit different. And also he's like, okay, so see those seals or whatever. Oh no. Orcas is yeah. Orcas come up here only for the seals because there's, there's really not much other life in this water because of all the silt that is being deposited into the, the water, the ocean water here from the melting glaciers, because those things churn up. I mean, Michigan, we know this from Michigan history, the digging out the great lakes and everything, those glaciers, um, and like the cleanest, some of the best water, my understanding in the U S is Maine, not because it's never come in contact with, um, the water, uh, with the ground, but because it's been filtered through so much of, of, uh, the, the, the soil and everything up there that it's some of the cleanest, best tasting water in the U S. So the idea that just because it's not touched the ground, it makes it clean is, is not, I mean, that's not true. That that's a false, uh, equivalence, false, uh, uh, just false. <laughs> yeah. In inference from that. So now I don't know. So I don't know if they can find ice sheet water or ice that is free of contaminants or not. Um, well, and so the comment about, you know, an ancient 
bacterium or something being present in there we know that part is true right like so in parts of greenland in parts of russia where permafrost is starting to thaw places on this planet that were never really designed to see like real warm summers we are encountering pathogens that the human species has never encountered before because these are things that can freeze go dormant and come back to life do you want that in your rum and coke yeah <laughs> yeah and and what the, what does that add to the experience of the drink other than just being a complete and utter asshole and it is like so okay uh the um um oil barons are like ah we're not going to be able to kill the earth with uh oil anymore how about we import ice from ice from greenland <laughs> i mean it's just it's so like um evil echo villain sort of james bondy kind of nonsense and i love this article so this article is from tortoise media written by phoebe davis and i love this there's no um like journalistic distance here this phoebe hates this idea fine right um the company quote the company harvests ice that has already fallen off of glaciers and the company is committed to becoming carbon neutral reminder there is nothing carbon neutral about shipping ice halfway around the world and greenland is losing about 270 billion metric tons of ice per year now i am aware that this is my media training because i was watching movies in the 80s and when i was a kid movies in the 80s always had bad guys who were from northern europe russia the uae probably the fact that this company is owned by a guy named malik v rasmussen that is an 80s like that guy could have easily been the bad guy from die hard right like there is that is a very bad guy name yeah the only thing i can say is and i really hope that this is like some sort of april fool's joke even though it was published on january 11th (laughs) and the only thing that points me to that is because it does say that the uh, uh arctic ice harvests ice um, from Greenland's fjords and ships at 9,000 nautical miles from Nyuk. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, three of those in a row, and it's a Three Stooge thing. Um, I mean, I pronounced in my head the, the place N-U-U-K as Nook. Ah. But I, I don't speak Greenlandish. What do they speak in <laughs> Greenland, Steve? I have no idea. I hope it's Stooge. That's what I said. I was like, uh, and I hope Rasmussen was like that too. And when he told the Guardian that the the company harvests ice that's already fallen off the glaciers. <laughs> See, now he's not a James Bond bad guy anymore, though. <laughs> well, that's what he wants you to think. Yeah, exactly. He's just not a very good one. Yeah. I again. So this goes back to our ice chef conversation, which is just like, look. Unless the ice has something in it, like a frozen frog or something, fucking ice is ice. It is water and it is cold. That is... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I would I would posit this is this is less like Ice Chef and more like something else we've talked about. This they're they are creating a whole new uh, position in the kitchen, which is Ice Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and your name has to be Malik. Yes. Malik the Ice Butcher. <laughs> I am Malik the Ice Butcher. <laughs> I've come to cool your drink. It's just, you're right. There's this level of opulence. There's this level of, of, of wealth and influence and stuff like that where you just get bored with the stuff that you already know you can buy in buckets, right? 
And so you have yeah. to be like, oh, no, no. My drink has to have this ice from Greenland that came off of this glacier because there's this thrill of like, well, yeah, global warming's happening, but I'm not going to be around to see the tail end of it. So if I hasten its approach eh, and it makes my drink that much awesomer. But at the same time, like for me, ice is ice. It does not matter. Unless, of course, you get some sort of a brain-eating fungus in there because it came off of a glacier. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just people running out of ways to be extravagant with their money and yeah. they're bored and their way of, of proving um, that they have wealth is to ruin things for others. Um, yeah. And it's 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 the uh, it's taking it really it's taking the uh, the cake on top of the milkshake to the furthest extreme, because yeah. that is the plebeian way of I'm going to ruin this cake because <laughs> I can. Yeah. So he's going to ruin Greenland because or he they whomever. Yeah. The people purchasing these things are going to ruin Greenland because they can. Because they can afford to. Right. Right. Such hope. Such hope for the future of humanity. <laughs> yeah. I saw The Last of Us. I'm not drinking any Glacier ice cocktails. I know that much. Yeah. No, thank you. Man. So, uh, we will talk next week about the um, soybeans with the, the pig genes in them. Anything else we need to talk about this week, Steve? Uh, probably not, looking at the time. <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention at the front of the show, because I do every so often, is that we're real easy to get a hold of. So I'm on Instagram constantly, especially when I have a four-day weekend like I do this week, at uh, Chef Ben Randall on the Instagrams. You can find us on Facebook and um, on the Facebook page and on the Facebook group. Pardon me for a second. If you just look uh, for In the Weeds with Ben Randall on Facebook. If you have a long form sort of a discussion edition or something you want us to talk about, in the weeds WBR at gmail.com is our email address. And as previously mentioned, Steve runs a website for us. In the weeds WBR.com. And there you can see the articles we mentioned today as well as, well as the uh, pig article, the uh, pig and soybean article we're going to be talking about next time around. Yeah. And the big question with that one is if you hybridize soy with genes from a pig i ask this in all sincerity is the resulting food product vegan is it like or is this a way for us in the meat eating community to take some of that tofu back does that get to be ours again not that it was ever ours but you know you know what i'm saying so that's yeah. a, a a moral and an ethical and like a cosmological discussion for for next week yeah It'll be interesting. All right. So that's all I've got, Steve. Ditto. I, I didn't work yesterday. I'm somehow still exhausted. I'm wearing this giant Chewbacca blanket <laughs> thing. So maybe this is contributing to me being tired. I don't know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for In the Weeds with Ben Randall, I am Ben Randall. And I'm Stephen Cadwell. And we'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, we talked about that no plate thing for a while. Yeah.